there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the, let me repeat, the Rock and Roll Podcast. Check out this record. My name is Frank, and with me is my good buddy, Mark. Hey, Frank, and hello, listeners. We've got a very special episode for you this evening. Tonight, along with our usual uh, musical rambling, uh, we're going to pay a brief, but brief tribute to none other than Anthony, don't call me Tony, Wilford Brimley. That's right, Mark. R.I.P. Mr. Brimley, thank you for joining us. We are syndicated via Redline Radio LLC, and you can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast! Um, be sure to grab a big old bowl of oats, make your way over to YouTube, and you can see all the goofy faces and shenanigans uh, we get up to while trying to make this podcast just for you. That's right. And for any new listeners out there, there's a podcast where Mark and I recommend albums to each other and we review them. Plus, we have a wide variety of musical discussions like our Spotlight series where we dig into a band's catalog and see what comes out the other side. Yep. Or in our verse series where we'll pit two albums against each other for total stereo domination. Love it, love it. Thank Be you. sure to check us out on Instagram and our new Facebook group. We like to drop additional content that will hopefully leave you wanting more of our musical goodness and, of course, Mark's random nonsense. Random so, nonsense! Love it, love it. So if you have a record you want us to check out, drop a comment wherever you find us. While you're at it, subscribe, give us a like, a review, a rating. So I say this, as I always do. Say it. Mark, how are you, my man? Frank, this this has been a sad week with the passing of the legendary uh, man of film and television, Mr. Wilson Brimley, uh, from his iconic roles on the silver screen, including one of my favorite horror movies of all time, The Thing, Mm -hmm. um, to his public service announcements about the dangers of diabetes. Uh, It's a dark time, my friend. Um, Now, I'm sure the real WB uh, wouldn't want us to cry um, so why don't we move on to some, uh, some musical discussions and whatnots? Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. Listen, Wilfred wouldn't want us to be like that at all. Uh, real quick. He, he seemed like everyone's grandfather and he seemed like a very nice and, and kind and loving man. Uh, he, he seemed old back when uh, cocoon was going on. So I'm glad, you know, he was around this long. I loved him in the natural and a fun fact, Mark, real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was described as a fine singer with a warm, rich voice. And in 93, Brimley sang with the Cal State Northridge jazz band for a concert benefiting the college's jazz endowment scholarship fund. And in 2004, he released this time, The Dreams on Me, an album of jazz standards. So we will be rest in peace and thank him for stopping by in life, sir. So we're talking records, my man. And for those playing at home, actually, you know what? The other day, Mark gave me a play-by-play rundown of the movie Rambo's Last Stand. And last Blood. Yeah, Last Blood. I said Last Stand. <laughs> it was that memorable, folks. It was that memorable. <laughs> if you were to take a picture of uh, of the sequence of conversations we had, there would probably be about 50-plus pictures. If anyone is really interested in seeing those, uh, let us know. But thank you for that laugh the other day, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I couldn't tell you why I was drawn to watching uh, none other than the director's cut of Last Blood, uh, a movie I blissfully avoided previously. Uh, and knowing Frank was uh, a Stallone fan, I reached out to him uh, and then realized Frank hadn't seen it either, as you can tell by him not even knowing the title of the film. Yeah. Um, so for whatever reason, I decided to give Frank a complete play-by-play of the text, uh, or by text of the film, 
Um, I don't know that calling it a film is the right thing to do, but never mind. It's just pretty silly stuff. But leave enough comments, and, and we'll post um, anything that's uh, not going to get us sued. Um, or who knows? That may, well, maybe we'll do one of them as I have some bonus content on YouTube or something. We'll, there you we'll, go. We'll pick a movie for me to make fun of and um, and and watch Frank laugh at me doing so. Yeah, as he reacts to it. Maybe I was thinking of X Men Last Stand. Is that kind of how? Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's what that was called. Maybe, maybe, yeah. but you know what? That yeah, shame on me though, man. Jesus. Is has Stallone been in an X Men movie? I know you're the Stallone head. No. 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 He was in uh, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, Part Dose. He was. Oh, I don't. Maybe was he? Maybe I'm the Stallone head. Maybe. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. He was in Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> yeah, which is a good one. But Marky, you know, I brought up John and his Rambo because it's a sure. movie, and we always talk music. But perhaps let's take a minute to talk about both. So let's do a. Top 10 list Top 10. of our favorite movie soundtracks. So we're going to have some overlap here, I'm sure, uh, because we like a lot of the same stuff. So this is really any movie that has songs in it, whether it be a score or a song during the film, whatever it is. Let's say we do that. What do you say, old Pally Pal? I do, my, uh, I, I do see myself, <laughs> but folks, you know that we're in for a good time, uh, as a little bit of a bad movie enthusiast. Yes. So, uh, yeah, this will be fun. Um, and Why real quick, you... that made me think of that time you bought the two-pack of Mario, oh, yeah. Bros, Mario Brothers and Masters of the Universe. I remember yeah. that. I don't know that it was a two-pack, but I definitely bought both of those movies in the same night, and it definitely didn't pay more than $10 for them. So, uh, with that said, why don't you kick us off with, uh, with your... Uh, number 10 choice or however we're numbered. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll alternate it for sure. And of course, for me, these, these are no particular order. Many of mine are, you know, scores and I associate them a lot with my youth. Hence why we're going for older films and, and some animated flicks. Uh, but the first one here on my list is Wizard of Oz. Um, besides being an incredible film, the songs I always liked uh, from Over the Rainbow, Follow the Elbrook Road, and I Finally Had a Brain, just a classic fantasy soundtrack. A soundtrack that gives memories to my youth uh but that's that's what i have coming in uh at at uh number 10 here what about you mark yeah, so a very similar movie to that at number 10 for me is pulp fiction mm. um those movies i mean they're basically interchangeable um i remember this being uh one of the first soundtracks i really bought um it's really fun tarantino does a great job of using uh music in his movies to build world and to put the viewer right in touch with where the character is uh, emotionally. I think it's a great job. Um, uh, it has just this awesome soundtrack. And it's got like Cool and the Gang doing Jungle Boogie. At, like everyone remembers that. Uh, Dusty Springfield, Son of a Preacher Man, Al Green's Let's Stay Together. And of course, uh, Chuck Berry's You Never Can Tell. So uh, great movie, great soundtrack. Uh, that's number 10 for people. Fiction. Yeah, and on a side note, he he always, obviously, especially displayed in that movie, he he placed those songs just right at the perfect moments uh, yeah. in there. So that was amazing. Um, I know this is a mutual one on on our uh, list here. Uh, number nine, Blues Brothers. My old man used to sing uh, me the songs like everyone needs somebody. Uh, I'll be honest, I know it's on your list for sure, and I won't do it justice with the description. So when you get to your list, uh, whatever Mark says, that's exactly my take on it. So all right, that's fair. No, number I nine is Blues Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with you, but you're clearly right. Um, for me, number nine is is Forrest Gump. Mm. Um, if you think of a movie, if you think the movie is long, just wait until you put on the soundtrack. Two CDs uh, at the time; it was two yeah. discs. <laughs> um, 
you know, for better or for worse, uh, it's an education in classic rock. You, you get everything from Dylan to The Doors, Simon and Garfunkel, Randy Newman uh, to Leonard Skinner. And honestly, I could go on for like Beach a day boys. and a half Beach on how long this thing is. But it, it's jam-packed and it's so good. Uh, very cool if you're hanging out with your dad. Uh, but it does get a little long. Um, that said, uh, it was used amazingly in that, that movie. You know, they, they found a way... No matter what Tom Hanks was doing, there was a music cue that fit the times that put the, the viewer right in the movie and you knew exactly where you were, exactly what was happening emotionally within the movie, within time, with whatever was going on. It was really just something special. That's my number nine pick, Forrest. Go. Love it. Love it. Number eight is Transformers, but the 1986 animated film. Let me <clears throat> clear my throat. Let me clear my throat. My throat. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. There you go. Is that how that goes? Yeah, that's just that's right. Exactly what I'm going to sing right now. So, okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> you've got the touch, you've got the power, and we can't forget about there. Better believe you can survive. I mean, listen, this is total '80s goodness. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, Weird Al's there to be stupid is on there as well. Nice. I think I, I think I made my point. Boom. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, at number eight, we have uh, the classic musical Grease. Uh, I watched this a ton in middle school and in high school thinking girls were into it. Didn't help. Um, and I can't believe um, I thought any of those actors were actually in high school. Um, but They're like 30 years old in there. Yeah. Okay. Hey, look, the songs really work. It was a fun way to imagine the 50s. Plus, I needed to mention John Travolta and Fuck Saturday Night Fever and all of its disco shit. Frank? <laughs> Grease was going to be a, one, on, uh, one of the ones I was going to put on my, uh, my list, too. And mm-hmm. believe it or not, I was a uh, big fan growing up as a child of the, uh, the less popular but big cult following Grease, too, uh, because I like a crush on Michelle Pfeiffer. That and yes. Well, yes, mainly that. But, <laughs> but I liked how the T-Birds were a little meaner for some reason in that. Ooh, and, and if yeah. I always was in a Ramon-style band, I would want to them to be called the T-Birds. So, mm. you know, anyway, okay. but good picks on there. Good picks. Uh, for me, number seven, Eddie and the Cruisers. So this is another film of my youth uh, that I was fond of, uh, very fond memories. Um, when seeking the soundtrack, they wanted something that sounded like Dion and the Belmonts having elements of the doors. Now, this is a tale of a Jersey bar band, and it's just that. And what came to mind is the boss, right? Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. So they found John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band from Providence, <laughs> Rhode Island. Say that a couple of times fast. John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Mark, real quick, say that for me. John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band? Something like that. John yeah. Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. John Cafferty and the Zach, I was going to say Zach Brown Band, but no, no, the Beaver Brown Band from Providence, Rhode Island. It wasn't the Brown Beaver Band. It was the Beaver Brown Band. Yeah, it was, no, it was Winona's Big Brown beaver band from and john caffrey from vermont okay oh. <laughs> one of those but listen they, they put together tracks like on the dark side tender years down on my knees and wild summer nights really a great job fantastic uh, job about painting this picture of this jersey bar band which is what they were going for good stuff good memories eddie and the cruisers mark you know i've never seen that i think that's gonna have to go on the uh the soon to watch list for me. Yeah. Uh, it, and there's Eddie, a sequel. Eddie lives. Ooh. Eddie, li- wait a minute. You mean the, uh, for the ending, he could have died? Could have. Uh, at number seven, American <laughs> Graffiti. 
<laughs> Beautiful. I love a good hangout movie. And that's the setup for the, this George, film. George <laughs> Lucas film. Sorry, it's, it's hard to not think about Star Wars with that asshole's name. Um, it's just kids cruising for babes. The radio in 1962. You get everything from Buddy Holly to the Beach Boys, more Chuck Berry, some Fats Domino. I think the soundtrack holds up better than the movie. Not that the movie has like too many cringy things. It's just a really good soundtrack. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's number seven for me, American Graffiti. Cool cars, cool soundtrack. I mean, influenced hap- influenced the idea of happy days. So, you know, so. You know what they say, Frank? What? Monday, Tuesday, happy days. <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, happy days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't so, that song. Yeah. <laughs> so next, uh, this will make my uh, wife happy with her uh, John Cusack obsession, but Gross Point Blank. Uh, it's a great soundtrack. Listen, it, it encompasses John's love for, for punk and ska. You have The Clash, Violent Femmes, English Beat, The Specials, The Jam, and more. Uh, you had me at all those right there. So it, it's a fun movie, and it's a great soundtrack. Yeah. So for me, uh, number six is going to be the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, come on, man. Uh, do the time warp with me. It's the, the perfect mashup of uh, B-horror movies, musical, and confused sexual identity. Um, how could it not be on my list? I mean, honestly. Uh, come on. Uh, science fiction double feature sets the perfect tone for this just campy romp. It's, I'm smiling just thinking about it. Plus, I owe this movie a big thank you. Um, not just for Tim Curry's fantastic performance. I took a girl to see this in the theater who had no idea what Rocky Horror was. And what to expect from a live, uh, well, not a live, a, a, a theatrical viewing yeah. of people going crazy and shit. And uh, she got pissed off at me and stormed out, and uh, that didn't work out. So thanks, Rocky Horror. <laughs> Salute. Salute, Rocky Horror. <laughs> well, well, my deck, my number five is a similar name, but it, it's it's Rocky, the, mm. the Stallone films, but collectively everything. And I know that's a cop-out because I just added like five five albums to the mix here. But uh, on our Instagram page the other day, I showed how I found the, the soundtrack at my parents' house. And I was very stoked about that. Listen, the score is awesome. It's very inspirational, very motivational. I'm including all the Rocky films. So obviously, it's going to fly now. I have the tiger. Easy way out hearts on fire all that stuff good stuff love it boom there you go are you gonna you gonna put on some rocky soundtracks when you're in the gym next i might actually i know okay, dude that'd be so cool i know um i think I should. so number number five for me is going to be uh the beatles and magic mystery tour uh you know this might have been the first um uh, exp- exposure i got to a, a concept album and of course uh the music rocked um and the, the movie was fun. It was totally entertaining. Uh, I was definitely all of like nine or 10 when I saw this for the first time. Uh, and it just sucked you in. And it's, you know, as far as it being a soundtrack, I mean, it's the fucking Beatles. Like how much better can it get? Um, it's just so much damn fun. Uh, definitely the Beatles Magical Mystery Tour. And honestly, I hate to cop out compared to Frank's last answer, but any of the Beatles movies in this place there you go. will will really just make you smile. Because the that's just they were just so good hard days night and help i mean those are technically companion pieces to the films yeah yeah good call good call number four for me is going to be singles i mean listen it was between this or reality bites you can't get more 90s than that uh Mm -hmm. the single soundtrack really at the time featured a who's who of what was going on at the time so you know i i dug that alice in chains pearl jam mother love bone Soundgarden, mud honey and we get two paul westerberg songs um so singles if i had to pick one for from the 90s between that and reality bites singles number four 
My number four choice from the 90s, um, Ty Fidelli. Come on. Oh, we, come on. We, we stole this list idea from We did, Hi from High Fidelity, yes. Um, <laughs> you knew it was going to be on one of our lists. Man, I, I just wanted to be John Cusack's character, Rob, yeah. when I saw this. I, I wanted to run a record store with a couple goofballs and make love to women who were just way out of my league and not understand why I couldn't maintain relationships with them. Uh, that said, the soundtrack rules. It's got... Uh, that said, even it's got the Velvet Underground on it, and y'all know how I feel about the Velvet Underground. Um, but it's still amazing. Uh, you get everything from the Vaseline's doing uh, "Jesus Wants Me for a Sunbeam." Sunbeam. You, get, you get Smogs, uh, Cold Blooded, Old Times. You get uh, Ann Pebbles doing her classic "I Can't Stand the Rain." Most folks know that from Missy Elliott. Yeah, it, but, but it's you actually... gotta check out that OG. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Of course, we get great Elvis Costello and the attractions uh, with the number shipbuilding. And my favorite track, uh, The Kinks doing Everybody Gotta Be Happy. Gonna be happy. Mm. Um, just fun tracks and a, and a cool ass movie. Yeah. That movie's just so damn cool. Yeah. Uh, we have to, when uh, back in the day when we got married, uh, we, mm -hmm. we merged our movie collection. We each had a copy of it on DVD. So we actually have two at the house. So there you go. <laughs> Number three, this is a movie I've mentioned to you a lot. It's called Sing Street. Um, I I love it. Listen, there's kid, there's these kids in Ireland in the 80s that are influenced by the music that's going on, and the kid starts a band to impress a girl. The soundtrack has a really tasteful mix of original songs done by the band and what's heard in the movie. Uh, some of the songs done by the band are songs called The Riddle of a Model and Drive It Like You Stole It, and also that features Motorhead, The Jam, Cure, Joe Jackson, Hollow Notes. And side note, it to me has one particular scene where they're rehearsing the song that I've mentioned, Drive It Like You Stole It, and mm -hmm. they wanted to recreate the enchantment under the sea dance in Back to the Future. And the lead singer imagines during this performance that everything in his life comes together from the music that they're currently performing. The girl he adores is there, uh, his family and their struggles are resolved. I cannot tell you how that really summed things up for me, where I would imagine myself playing music mm -hmm. to those in my circle and all concerns would go away. So sure. all that mixed in really is just absolutely awesome. So Sing Street comes in at number three for me. Hmm. Yeah, uh, so uh, again, this is so weird how our movies are just paralleling each other. Number three for me is Pink Floyd's The Wall. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, when I was younger, this movie scared the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. By the time I hit college, though, um, I thought it was just an – uh, a giant overrated hunk of shit like Tommy's Pinball Wizard. Um, but now I have to tell you, it's a smart concept album. The, the movie really works. Um, you know, they managed to tell a story, even of a good portion of its animated flowers fucking into a dystopian imaged future that really sends mixed signals about whether or not the band's into Nazi uh, paraphernalia or sympathizers. It's kind of weird and hard to figure out, especially when you're a kid. Um, but it works. You, you got to understand that, you know, they're just trying to tie the English version of what happened in World War II to what's going on with the rest of us. It's like your dad, well, not Frank's dad. It's like uh, the rest of our dads trying to be deal with the fact that they went to Vietnam. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, number three, Pink Floyd's The Wall. It rocks. It's got right. really cool, weird imagery. Um, all that other crap I spewed out. There you go. There you go. And my dad would my dad would have been too young actually to or too old to have gone to 
Vietnam, he was so older, he would have, he would have been in that, uh, I don't know what he would have been in at the time, but yeah, good points on that one. Uh, Roger Waters is always a difficult person to try to figure out. So go have fun Mm -hmm. trying to figure that one out. Uh, number two for me, uh, and I actually did see this on vinyl at my, uh, at, at the, uh, at the parents' house too, which I'm going to have to nab is the Muppet movie. Muppet movie. So Jim Henson and his crew did an unbelievable job with bringing the Muppet universe to the big screen and having great songs to go along with it. They are deep and impactful, like the tear jerking, the rainbow connection. I know everyone tears up to that. Don't deny that people don't. Uh, moving right along, can you picture that? And the reclusive and desolate, I hope that something better comes along. Uh, the soundtrack is honestly, I, it's therapy for my heart, man. But uh, here we go, Muppet movie, number two. There you go. Um, this next one, I got a burp. Uh, nice. Um, That's some really good depth to it, man. Thank you. Appreciate, I've been working on. It. Anyways, <laughs> uh, number two for me is is a, a definitely a, a childhood memory of mine. Um, it was a big, big player in the, the house. We had a, only a couple of video cassettes. This was one that we played to death. My mom had the soundtrack of this. Um, it's Good Morning Vietnam. I know you love that movie. Um, I I really love this. I, mean, I know this was, you do. A big one growing up. Robin Williams was a, a family favorite. That guy couldn't do anything wrong for us. And the fact that this movie has so much amazing music in it, uh, it's just perfect. Uh, if you've ever wondered where all of my personality short of the punk rock stuff comes from, it's it's pretty much this movie and me wanting to be Adrian Cronauer. Uh, there you go. Robin Williams movie. Uh, this movie is, is dark and sad. Uh, is a dark and sad look at Vietnam War. Uh, and with my dad being a Vietnam vet and not knowing him until I was a teenager, I took a lot of what I assumed him to be from the other characters of this movie. Um, that said, the soundtrack's funny and totally rules. Uh, <laughs> you get Martha and the Vandellas doing Nowhere to Run. You get the Beach Boys. Yep. I get around. Um, you get the Searchers doing Sugar and Spice. James Brown, I got you. I feel good. Uh, and probably my favorite track, uh, Mar- the the Van the marvelettes excuse me doing danger heartbreak dead ahead um which is just like every fucking thing that's great about motown in one song and of course the movie and the soundtrack both end uh with uh probably one of my all-time favorite songs louis armstrong uh what a wonderful Wonderful world world. it's perfection i mean like and it's beautiful thank you beautiful well said well said my man All right, my number one is, uh, and this is my favorite Disney film too, uh, it's Pinocchio, right? So it, it's, it's not for the lighthearted at times. We really get here the perfect uh, archetypal structure uh, here with Temptation and, of course, the donkeys, which is weird, and we mentioned that. But, uh, however, there's some really potent tunes here, like When You Wish Upon a Star, Give a Little Whistle, Hi Dilly Dee, I, I Got No Strings. These are songs, again, my father used to sing to me. I know the, the movie itself is not for everyone, but it's without a doubt for me. So. Pinocchio. It's a, it's a classic movie. I, yeah. um, I can't disagree with that. Um, so uh, you guys heard Frank mention it above. Uh, we're yep. going to talk about it now. Um, my number one, um, and if it's not your number one, you're wrong. Um, it's the Blues Brothers. Yes. I mean, uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm trying not to cry, Frank. I know, uh, dude. Just oh. kidding. This is easily one of my favorite movies of all time. The cast is perfection. The performances, both musically and comically, are flawless. Uh, from the long, drawn-out gags, like driving through a mall to get out of the parking lot, to a quick little one, like a shot of Bill Murray asking for Miss Piggy doll uh, right before they crash through a wall behind him to escape said mall. It's kind of perfect. 
Um, it's got amazing cameos uh, from more than just Bill Murray. We got everybody. Like, yeah, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, James Brown. Oh. Uh, but let's not forget uh, the amazing John Candy. Yes. In one of his subtly, subtly funniest roles as uh, Burton Mercer. Uh, Orange Whip. Orange Whip. Uh, three Orange Whips. Uh, then, of course, there's the band themselves. Right? Yes. The legendary Donald Duck Dunn on bass. Oh, I love saying that name. If the shit fits, wear it. <laughs> and then you get Willie Too Big Hall on drums. So, Jake, you're out. You're free. You're rehabilitated. What's next? What's happened? What are you going to do? You got the money you owe us, motherfucker? I absolutely love it. I love that part. Um, so before I literally quote everyone <laughs> in the band. Love uh, it. Donald, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I forgot there's Murph, Blue Lou. Blue Lou. Yeah, Murph Dunn on, uh, on keyboards and tambourine. Steve the Colonel Cropper on guitar. Matt Guitar Murphy on guitar. Tom Bones Malone on trombone. Blue Lou Magoo on the sax. Alan, Mr. Fabulous himself, Ruben on the trumpet, and of course, Dan Aykroyd on vocals and harmonica, John Belushi on vocals and cartwheels, motherfucker. Um, of course, we can't forget Cab Calloway as the, uh, uh. the soulful Curtis singing Minnie La Mucha. Um, you know, the credit here goes to the band on all of these amazing performances, um, and to Dan Aykroyd and John Landis for putting the story together. It flows so perfectly from the tunes to the jokes. And back again. Um, plus, we can't forget Carrie Fisher Carrie as the scorned woman in love with Jake, yep. uh, who will go to no ends to put him down. I'm, I'm laughing at the image of her with that flamethrower on her back. It's amazing. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, it's it's one of those movies that the soundtrack holds up, the action holds up, the laughs hold up. You know, Nazis falling off of bridges always holds up. Um, it's just amazing. So for me, the number one pick uh, soundtrack. Music with movie, or movie with music in it. Whatever you want to call it, yeah. Brothers, yeah. Whatever this top ten list was, they win. <laughs> Mark and I get super defensive with the Blues Brothers. Super defensive with those who haven't seen it, and for those sir. who have seen it, and sir, sir and for sir. those who have seen it and and don't like it. Pee Wee Herman is in that scene too, by the way. Yes. Mr. Fabulous is a. Uh, uh, I know. As, all day. When, when the members of the band pass away too, like Don Duck Don and McIntyre Murphy, like I, we, we at least need a couple of days to get over it. Yeah. Mark and I. So, yeah. um, Mark hey, said guys, it. What yeah. kind of music you guys have here? <laughs> oh, we play both kinds. We play country and western. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know I was setting them up to finish that line. No, but, he, but I, he did I a great job. And I actually wrote a song that had the, that title as the as the uh, as, as the name of the song too. So, um, instant classic. Instant classic. Bob's Country Bunker. Bob's mm -hmm. Country Bunker. So, oh man, beautiful. Well, that was a really good list, man. And, uh, you know, we're featuring uh, on this week's episode a band and a record that Mark found by going down the old rabbit hole, Music of Discovery, and came out on the other end, end is this band and record. So, Mark, two things. One yeah. is, I know you like a good hole. And number two, <laughs> tell us a little bit about this band and record that we're looking at. Sure. Well, <laughs> I'll address these as you as you propose them. One, busted, uh, and two, absolutely. So um, <laughs> this is the Frights. Uh, they were formed in 2012 in San Diego. San Diego. Uh, yes. Uh, and as um, quote time killing, or excuse me, as a time killing project after graduating from high school. Unquote. Um, they merged musical styles uh, together like surf, punk, and duop, resulting in tunes that uh, managed to be, quote, catchy, aggressive, and playfully ridiculous all at once. Uh, 
uh, end quote. So for the record, uh, their sec for this record, excuse me, uh, their second full length, uh, you're going to hate this. Uh, the band consists of Jordan Clark on lead guitar and backing vocals, Mark Finn on drums, Mark. Richard Dotson <laughs> on bass and backing vocals, and uh, do you know how to say this last name, Frank? Mikey Carnavale. Carnavale on rhythm guitar and lead vocals. Yep. Um, so the album was released uh, on the independent label Danger Bird, February 12th of the year 2016. What were your, uh, your initial thoughts, Frank? Yeah. So initial dots, uh, which is this is unprocessed, raw, surfy, and garage style sound with harmonies. I like it. Mm -hmm. I, saw, I saw punk as a label and I thought we were going to just get a rehash of a, honestly, of like a 90s punk band. Mm -hmm. And we didn't. And I was thoroughly impressed. So uh, I'm anxious to talk about the, the, the tunes with you. But yeah, initially, uh, all those things put together, I was like, this is something, this is something unique here. This is something we're not going to get on every record. So yeah, right. Um, so right from the jump, you know, you're, uh, you're definitely going to get something different. The cover uh, is uh, an image of a woman most likely being slapped by a horse. That's what I took it as. Yeah, uh, I love how moody and, and rich this record is. So let's jump in. The Frights, you are going to hate this track one. All I need, uh, you know, I love the count off here. Like we're launching a fuzzy sonic rocket. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of cool subtle touches here. Like the sound of a beer can opening as a cue for the tempo to pick up. Um, and there's a really fun wah-wah pedal solo that kind of just bend the guitar all over the track it's really cool uh, and i really like we'll get into it a little later um his use of lyrics uh this song is great the harmony is on here are great what'd you think Frank? yeah cool opening song a lot of influences here on display right off the bat we get misfits i hear some i actually i did hear some green day i hear some neutral milk hotel and of course those doo-wop breakdowns in the middle it's a really cool touch and you don't hear that today and and today's songs uh it, it's an all-around fun tune to open things up there's a teeny tiny downside though and that is that the vocals r reminded me and the verses of chris farron of fake problems and although i think they're way superior i, I do think farron and and uh, fake problems and especially Farron Solo stuff, they're they're vastly overrated. Uh, but thankfully, though, the good news is that feeling didn't last long because once I heard the whole song and everything about it, uh, I found I said it's way superior. So again, that that moment lasted for a second, but overall, very impressive opening tune. Yeah. Uh, we get into track two, uh, kids. So that fake problem vibe it carried over a little bit, but again, it, it as soon as I felt it, it went away by the quality of the song. This is full of really subdued anger and angst all around it's coming of age of sorts uh very vibrant and upbeat but if you like those rebellious and introspective lyrics mixed with light fuzz rock sound there you go this is for you yeah uh, i love the flow on this album the songs kind of blend and bleed into each other seamlessly uh where they want to i think frank nailed it this song is just such a great tribute to how fucked up growing up is um and how our relationships not just with our parents but definitely with our parents um, can be such a love-hate situation. Uh, I love how honest and upbeat this is. Um, they've gotten away with a much darker number, I think, given the content of this song, but they kept it kind of light and, and buzzy, and I really just dug that. Um, you know, up until the cheerful uh, end where it kind of playfully falls apart. Yeah. 
So uh, track three is Afraid of the Dark. Uh, again, just this really cool transition using a fun little bridge um, into the song and then just completely getting away from it and going a different direction. It's so danceable yet introspective and dark. Uh, the Frights really sell this aesthetic of a catchy, self-deprecating and cathartic uh, sound. It's, it's so wonderful. Yeah, I really dig this tune. I like how audible the bass is and that the drums holding things down throughout the whole song of uh, the clean guitars and like the spooky little intricate background so sounds. Uh, they really fit in this song. It fits the name, The Frights, you know, it's well crafted. It's much more than what the title says. Uh, and the live version is also really cool, too. And even has more of a uh, the live version to me even had more of a little soft uh, surf rock vibe. Uh, again, really, really cool tune. Um, then we get to a tune I really liked was Puppy Knuckles. Uh, okay, this, so, you know, the song's music does not represent the title, which is really, really cool. Uh, it's like I'm four songs in, and I don't know what to expect from them for each song, and, and I absolutely love that. I don't know what I'm going to be getting next. Uh, again, the fuzz just gets you right where it matters, and I can picture listening to this tune walking in the dark with headphones uh, and being not only reflective but, but at peace, you know. It's a very, very unique song uh, the way it was written in my in my opinion uh you know i gripe all the time about surface level lyrics and not everything has to be seven layers deep um so this displays it it could be quite simple as long as the rest of the song is on point like this so i really dug puppy knuckles yeah i love that we go from um talking about being in the dark to feeling like we're in a dark place right um and then they're able to, to kind of build brightness and lightness through the music and then just kind of slam you back with this, uh, this gorgeous, um, in, intentionally slower rhythm that's meant to keep you kind of off balance. Um, yet there you are rolling your shoulders and nodding your head to the rhythm. Uh, it's kind of pure bliss. Um, part of what works so great about the album is the simplicity of the lyrics. Um, I have a line here. Uh, when I see you talking with your hips, I know you're going insane. I mean, come on, that's fucking awesome. Um, I love this track, man. So moody, so dark. Just a really great uh, representation. You know, something like a title of a band called The Frights. This just really fits in with what they were, uh, or with, with that title. Uh, so track five is called Tongues. Tongues. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, so this is possibly my favorite track. They managed to pull... Uh, you onto the beach and right into the sun. Uh, you can feel the angst of youth in the relationship so perfectly with Mike Cavalli's lyrics. Um, do you think I'm cute? It's too late to check. You've already got your tongue against my neck. This wasn't a problem I had as a young man, uh, but it's a sentiment of, of getting something more than you wanted and not understanding, uh, and not understanding it is so well articulated. I, I think this song is is really smart despite its despite its simplicity yeah it's another unique and distinctive song i think for this band again i didn't know what to expect after the last track it's almost like these last two tracks were polar opposites of the first two we heard and even though this was like four something songs ago musically it feels like a long time again it keeps you guessing it's it's so interesting what you're going to be receiving track by track uh good great song though uh haunted uh, another toned down track this i think might be my favorite but of course it's mm -hmm. gonna probably be interchangeable um and of course the title haunted fits with the whole frights moniker i really was impressed by the chorus i i'll try my best to say that it's all a waste it's my mistake and when the lights go out i will close my mouth and fall asleep listen i like 
I'm a, I'm a lyric guy, right? I, I like them, but the way he sings it, I, I even like more. There's something cool about it. I mean, it's like the fifties crashed with this like haunting memory. And, and this is what it sounds like. I think this song, in my opinion, something really special here. Yeah. You know, it's amazing how much the frights do with so little in this song. You know, we're treated to this really subtle bass melody and some detached, uh, excuse me, detached guitar notes, just kind of floating somewhere in the atmosphere. And then Carnavale's voice seems to be trickling out of the speaker like a shy ghost hiding in your apartment that you didn't know he lived in before you moved into. Um, I just assume that this is what girls listen to when they're listening to music and laying in a bathtub surrounded by candles. I just assume that this is the stuff. Um, it's really cool. It's really, it does what the title says. It gives you this haunting feeling and it's, it's just a really, really good tune. Yeah. Uh, track number seven, You or Me. Um, then, of course, You and Me starts like a pistol going off, and the band has a fun, upbeat surf number coming at you. Um, you know, the, the balance of this album between um, slow and moody songs and upbeat and fast songs and bright and loud songs really, I think Frank will tell you, has, get, will keep you guessing yeah. um, and really keep the album feeling fresh and moving quite along. Um, and this is just such a fun number. It's got to be so cool live. Um, if this album... Uh, is about knowing you're disappointing somebody. This song is a great way to tell that person uh, that it's their fault. Um, <laughs> it's just a really smart fuck you song. Which yeah. Is yeah. This song actually reminded me of a band called, uh, a song from a band called Waves uh, with two, v. it's a, two Vs. Uh, it's a very cool and short punchy song. Again, this is where I see that kind of punk label being there in their foundation, but there's like five other things as well that are even more upfront than those influences. So uh, it was one of those songs where I'm like, oh, now they're going back to this, um, this more upbeat sound that we heard a little bit earlier in the album. Again, it kept me guessing. So it, it was a really good tune. Um, Growing Up is number eight. Uh, and I know our last episode we just did that was on Weezer and seeing how uh, their influence is shown in today's bands. I actually heard a little bit in the, in the middle, uh, in middle Weezer albums. And, and I heard in this song again, uh, when there's space available, the band utilizes it and incorporates all these little weird little sounds in it and it's intentional and it works. So, um, you know, again, it was another song I liked growing up. Yeah, I, I could definitely hear that that possible Weezer influence in, in there for sure. I love the way the band can can build a big sound by getting really quiet and forcing the listener to just kind of press their earphones together to, to listen what they're doing and then just blast you with a big sound. Um, you know, the lyrics are sharp and cutting, but you can feel that they cut as much for him as they do as the person they're attended for. Um, I love that kind of songwriting, uh, you know, kind of intros introspective and honest um, about what you feel at all costs. I, I really dig this song. I thought it was super cool. Yeah. Uh, track number nine, you are going to hate this. Uh, the title track, um, you know, we get all of the keywords Frank and I have used so far. <laughs> it's punky, fuzzy, surfy, and moody. Uh, the bass tones on this thing are so rich and wonderfully bouncy. Um, I think this represents the band perfectly. I think um, the lyrics are, are simple uh, and, and cut on a personal level. Um, I only wish I could uh, replicate personally. Um, all that set to kind of a doo-wop backdrop, uh, yeah. you know, track uh, that makes you, you want to dance. Uh, you know, it's, it's so crazy 
I keep coming back to this with this record, but I just want to dance to every song on this album. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, this is another moving your body song. You know, this is a hanging out with your friends and back in the high school days and eventually ends with everyone just looking at the sun rising and not knowing where the time went. It's a total tale of youth. Um, and ironically, speaking of youth, we get then the last the last track which is of age and it's kind of the culmination of oh. his main source of frustration and struggles uh, and is met with a lot of awareness while being very self-reflective musically it's an odd timed strumming pattern and it gave me a little modest mouse uh, vibe to it too but super cool way to end attend an album mark yeah there's nothing wrong with liking modest mouse Except for liking Modest Mouse. Oh. Um, <laughs> there you go. I can't back that up. I just wanted to say it. Now we're going to um, do a Modest Mouse album at some point. I did it to myself. <laughs> you did um, it. Yeah, I, I, I love that, you know, we're kind of back at the beach with this song. Um, you know, where tongues kind of left us and we're, we're waking up afterwards like, a, like you went out partying with this record. I love that this song feels like you, you're waking up from that. Um, you know, you're maybe sitting on the sidewalk, looking at the water with a cup of coffee, thinking about the future and everything you've done wrong. Um, I don't really know how the sunset works over there or sunrise works over there because it comes up, never mind. Um, <laughs> but I love that there's like this, this distinct 60s pop surf song hidden in the back half of this song. Like they make you earn it. They make you listen to this album to see all the cool stuff that they're just going to unpeel and unpack out of it. Um, and I really think, you know, I, I don't believe that this was meant to be a concept album by any means, but in terms of when you look at an album as a series of songs, these all fit so well together on this record. It, the record moves so seamlessly in between them uh, and keeps you engaged the entire time. Um, I really dug it. Frank, why don't you give us your final thoughts before I go on a complete rant of my final thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I don't know if it's a, if it's a proper concept album, but there was definitely some intent uh, behind it, behind it for sure. And, and listen, this is a cool band and I think they have lots of, lots of potential again from the dark misfits vibe to the modest mouse feel. And we'll eventually now review an album because Mark wanted to, uh, <laughs> the recipe, the recipe is there. Uh, I, I checked out some of their, new stuff too and and i dug it and i'm amped very amped to hear how they continue to evolve in the future uh, i feel with a band uh like this they will continue to push and involve and and you're you're what you're going to get basically is not the same album twice. And to me, that's super cool. Uh, one downside, like I said, that will go away as they get older is that maybe the, um, the they're going to mature more, right? So we're going to get out of then that high school and adolescent stage, which is not a bad thing. But remember, I'm just speaking from someone who's now almost 40. So uh, I guess, you know, I'm like the dad rock person now saying that. Uh, the fake problem similarity I addressed earlier, but that was honestly, it came, that feeling came in for a split second, went right out as soon as I heard that these were higher quality songs so yeah i dug it i'm excited for their future uh, i think that's a really really good choice my man and uh, it was it was a great album to listen to man so thank you yeah i'm happy Woo -hoo. Woo -hoo. Point for Mark. um you know I, I, obviously i really dig this record i, I love how they uh, kind of molded the album around the themes of the title track and give us a really cool very moody record uh, i feel like we're going to hear more from these dudes really grow over the yeah. next few years as, as we've already begun to see uh, with the release of Sense this one. Um, they made great use of the studio here, letting uh, their gear push them into whatever soundscapes they wanted to form. Um, I'm waiting for this record in the mail. Um, nice. This is just a cool record. Uh, I've already put this on a dozen times in my headphones, turned it all the way up, 
I just really listened to the, the nuances of it. Really, really fun record to get into. Um, so I'm happy you dug it, man. I'm happy. Yeah. What, uh, what are we doing next week? Yeah, great suggestion. All right, so now it's my turn to recommend something. I felt like I haven't, I haven't done that in a while. So I'm going to throw a little bit of a an oddball album. And um, that something is the Get Up Kids 2002 release on a wire. Now, you know, the mm-hmm. Get Up Kids are one of my, my favorite uh, bands. Sure. Um, this is an oddball in their catalog. So the coming off the success of the seminal Something to Write Home About, fans just thought they would continue with their pop punk and, and emo tunes, but they didn't at all. <gasps> they, yeah, they threw a, a, a huge curveball and abandoned it completely and possibly uh, killed some of the momentum that they had uh now i dig this record and i appreciate what they did and i would love to hear um what you think about uh what do you think about it because they they added some uh, definitely i think more of a rock feel and um it was it was a risk it was a risk and i remember seeing them in concert uh during that tour and when they were playing those songs i was digging it because i liked the album and no one was into it so um i i want to hear your thoughts on that record yeah, I think people are, are always kind of surprised when I don't know a lot of the Get Up Kids. Um, you know, I definitely know something to write home about, but for whatever reason, I don't remember moving on to many other albums. Yeah, um, so it's going to be cool that you're going to, yeah, I'm excited to get your get your take on it. Yeah, that'll be fun. Cool, man. Well, well, hey, that's all That's all we have today. Thank you for joining, everyone. Remember, like, subscribe, drop us a line to review an album, especially now that Modest Mouse album that Mark you know, <laughs> made us <laughs> said so we can review. Follow us on Instagram. I trust you. There's going to be fun stuff coming up on there. Join us on Facebook. And until next time. Listen, if you make me listen to the shitty Modest Mouse record, or like, huh, like the worst Modest Mouse record, <laughs> I'm talking to you, the listener. I want your opinion. What's the best one? Frank and I will do this. I should have kept my mouth shut. Um, what do you think I should listen to? Because uh, here we go. And and for one last time, because because he meant the world to us, uh, RIP Wilford Brimley. That's right. That's right. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. to be